Welcome to the New Song Podcast. I'm so glad that you joined us today. In just a moment, you're going to hear an encouraging message from Stephen about Jesus and how much he loves you. If we can serve you in any way, don't hesitate to reach out to us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok by searching New Song CS. If you've been impacted by this message, join those who so generously give so we can reach more people with the story of Jesus. Visit newsongcs.com slash give or text the word easy to 94000. Now sit back and enjoy this message. Regret or you're walking away from trying to get away from depression. You're trying to get away from your addiction. You're trying to get, we're trying to get away from, um, Trying to get away from, I, 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 you feel like something failed in your life, or you feel like God let you down. <laughs> you could you can blame it on God. Christians do that more than others. We're walking away, trying to walk away from that. That we're not running towards life. And when you're running towards life, you are going towards life by walking away from something, but I think it's like all we're thinking about is I need to get away from that instead of I am running towards the prize. I am running towards life. I am running towards the next season of resurrection in my life. And when you run towards it, the, the re, whatever that thing was, whatever that thing that was cause, causing death in you, um, it's not as it doesn't have a hold on you as much because you're 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 focused and it's not a condemnation on us but um, it's a it's a it's a exhort it's, it's an exhortation that the world they're running too from things but we have something we're running towards and when people see you, when, when, when people encounter you, they can't encounter you as a, um, one day I'll be an overcomer. No, they need to encounter you as an overcomer now. We have overcome. It's present. We have overcome. Jesus is going to say in the story to the Mary and Martha, guys, I am the resurrection and the life. I will be the resurrection one day. No, I am present. He's bringing time. He's getting rid of time. This is going to get, this is going to kind of, if you don't want to take this, Sandy, you just don't take this. But can you just hear me out, okay? Jack Hayford would never say it like this. But I bet you he would in a way better way than I'm going to say it. But Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who comes to me will, will, have, ever, will, will, will have everlasting life. I don't, let's just start with the beginning. I am the resurrection and the life. God is calling us to understand that what we're going through right now is, um, is uh, happening but eternity is also happening right now. Jesus said, 
My ki- pray that your, my kingdom will be done on earth as it is in heaven. My kingdom is happening. It's not linear like this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Everlasting is now. God's kingdom is now. God, eternity is now. Resurrection is now. I am right now. You might not see it yet. You might not experience it yet. But receive it because I am in the process of bringing life to your situation. Don't get caught up with, well, what day or when it's going to happen. Just know Jesus' life. And when you walk your life, you're supposed to walk it in faith, walking life. And maybe that didn't speak to everyone, but it, it speaks to me. Um, maybe I'll explain it a bit more as we're, as we're going today. But can I just... Can we just pray over ourselves or can we just, um, I'm going to call out depression in Jesus' name out of someone's life today. We're going to call out depression right now in Jesus' name and say, you have no business there. You have no right to be here. The devil has lost. We are overcomers and there's no reason to feel depression anymore. Be gone in Jesus' name. Out of, this, out of this room, out of your life, in Jesus' name. I call that out of you. Because when depression is there, you don't go towards life. I call out regret. Maybe you're regretting something. Today, you give it up. I know it takes years of counseling. Yes, maybe it does. But also, supernaturally, things can be gone in Jesus' name in one moment. I believe that. I am the resurrection, Jesus says. So I call out resurrect that regret and get rid of it right now. I call out shame right now. If there's someone in the room with shame, I call that out in Jesus' name. I call out, and this is the one I feel the most uh, for sure about. I call out the, the, that, the dreams that you've had. I, I had a dream last night, and it wasn't really uh, about anything specific except that it was it was like um like a like a evil dream and i'm like why am i having this i never dream and when i woke up i felt like god was saying it's to help someone in the room today that came you have dreams and god says uh we're gonna say in jesus name those dreams be gone maybe they're evil dreams maybe they're demonic dreams probably demonic dreams i guess be gone in Jesus' name, that you could sleep. Maybe it's a dream that wakes you up and you don't remember what it was, but it makes you fearful about something in life. Be gone in Jesus' name. Let's have good sleep. Amen? We're talking about like a fun story today, but it's not just a story. It's something that really happened. Jesus rose Lazarus from the grave. The application of it is like, uh, through the roof, all the things you could. There's no way I'm going to even get close to making it super meaningful for you. There's too much. But I feel like this is the moment to address the demonic realm that, you know, he died and rose from the dead. There was demonic there going on. And I feel like this is the moment to address that. So that's what we're doing. Not feelings, but real. I think it's demonic when you have depression. I think it's demonic when you have fear. I think it's often demonic when you have addiction. It needs to be gone in Jesus' name. Would you receive that? Just say, 
you don't have to do something so people know it's you. But hey, everybody close your eyes. Would you close your eyes with me? I call life to dead bones today. I call life to religious bones. I call life to addicted people. I pray that addiction be gone in Jesus' name, in your life. In Jesus' name. Would you just say that? If that's you, just quietly in Jesus' name, be gone. You have no business. You have no right. We have every authority, all authority in Jesus' name to speak over these things. Not that anyone receives the glory but you. We want our lives to be walked in glory. That people would see us and, and, and um, give glory to God and they don't, might not even like God yet, but they just see us and they give glory because we exude giving glory back to God. I believe you're going to have encounters. You don't have to keep your eyes closed if you don't want. I believe you're going to have encounters this week, next week, week after. Let's start. Let's just start with next week with people that you don't usually talk to. Maybe it's a stranger. As soon as you start to ask God to see with his eyes, you can have those encounters. Not patting myself on the back. Just I just... Just an experiment, you know, at the grocery store the other day. God, open my eyes. I'm not super busy right now. It shouldn't be a ma- shouldn't matter if you're busy, but you know how we are. I'm not super busy. I'm not in a super big hurry. Would you show me encounters? Would you sh- let me see with your eyes? And you know what it's like? It's almost like some weird movie where you start seeing, like, oh my God. You, I felt overwhelmed. I left the grocery store. I didn't have a whole lot of miracles that happened. Just overwhelmed at how much need there is. I got to my car, and as I was opening my door, the person next to me was getting out of their car, and I knew they had they needed ministry. I didn't do it, but I knew it. That, oh, man, that's a whole nother what's going on with them. I don't have the time for You see it. And when I was in the store, I did. I talked to a few people, and I, and I spoke life to them. Jesus loves you. No, I didn't. I talked about their kids, or I talked about, you know, whatever, whatever God brought to me to, to talk about. But I, I believe for encounters in this room, in Jesus' name. I'm just looking where to, where to start today. Well, let's just, yeah, thank you. We'll just um, look at this story. It's a cool story. It's in John 11. It's with Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha are the two ladies. Um, I had a good talk with Cena this week about all the Marys in the Bible. And um, what, and I'm going to give her some credit for this, but um, she helped me to look at some things. Mary and Martha were the two ladies that, um, you know, argued. And Mary was at Jesus' feet. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I want to hang out with you. And Martha was busy. She was working. They were both needed. But at the moment, Jesus said, this is what's needed is to sit with me because I'm not going to be with you very long. He was very close to Martha and Mary. He would go to Bethany 
Um, I don't know how often he went, at least once other. He had to go a few times because he liked going there and, and he was good friends with them. The Bible says that Mary and Martha and Lazarus were some people that Jesus loved. You know, Jesus loves all of us, so that's probably not a good comparison. But Martha and Mary are these same Martha and Mary. And then it's going to say in here something else about Martha and Mary. And I'm going to say it ahead of time. You know, Jesus would go to their house to eat. And um, after Lazarus rose from the dead, there's a story right after that. And in some gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, so a couple of them have it, and they have it in different places. But John wrote his story. He wrote his part. You know, it's a little different. Have ever, you ever read parts of John? Just say you have, so you look like you have. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. His story's a little different than Matthew, Mark, Luke, because he's a little bit more, uh, woo, right? In the beginning was the word. Matthew's like, Jesus was born. His mom and dad were this, you know. John's more, and there was life, and the light was the light of all men, and the darkness could not comprehend it, right? That's how John talks. But John wrote his book um, probably like 50 years at least after Jesus was gone out of the earth. So he had the understanding, different understanding. It wasn't written, it was written after. Maybe he was on the island of Patmos. I don't know if, if it was then. He was getting revelation from God. And he understood things a lot better. And so um, when he writes, um, I think that's why he put the story where it should go. Uh, Mary and Martha, the, the next day after Jesus was, or after Lazarus was risen from the dead, there's a story where Mary anoints Jesus' head with oil. They're sitting together at dinner. They're celebrating that Lazarus is alive. You could read that. You don't. You, it's hard. You forget to really see that, but they're celebrating that. And we often confuse it with the Mary who anointed Jesus' feet, anointed Jesus' head. Right? This is a different time. So this is the Mary that anointed Jesus' head, um, not not the one that's that's the prostitute, not the one with the demons. All right? But Mary and Martha. They're good friends with Jesus, and we're going to pick it up in verse 1, and you can put it on the screen. Um, it's important that we look at the Bible, because in our day and age, we don't look at the Bible very often, do we? Maybe some of you don't, and that's not a good thing. We need to look at it. I'm going to encourage you, at least over these next three weeks, to look at just the stories right around Jesus' death, right around his resurrection. They're great. Every one of them bring life. And it was on purpose, the things he did right around, right before he died, right, right before um, uh, he resurrected, they're, they're important. There's a reason why he did the miracles that he did during this time. This one specifically, Lazarus, he probably did this miracle here because if he did it earlier on, he would have been dead a long time before. Not that Jesus had all control over his life. He did. But when you raise someone from the dead, it's going to get out, and there's going to be some problems, okay? You know, often Jesus would tell people when he healed them, don't tell anyone, okay? Don't, tell, don't, tell, don't go tell people, because he, he had something he was doing, right? He was figuring out something here. So he's getting to the end here, 
And when he raises Lazarus from the dead, he knows it's really going to be the end. But let's look at verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and Martha. Village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick. This is confusing, but I'm going to explain. Who was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with Wipe, oh, yeah, wiped his feet with her hair. So he anointed her, her, um, her feet, too. I got mixed up there. This is right after. He's t- telling this in chapter 11, but it happened in chapter 12. You'll see it. Read it for yourself. Ex- so that's the Mary. So the sisters went, sent word to Jesus. Lord, the one you love is sick. That's a good way to refer to Lazarus, right? Jesus, I can assume Martha wants to like candy coat it as much as she can. She sends word, the one you love is sick. I don't know why she calls him the one you love, except that she knows he loves him. And I think John had something to do with this because he's writing it, John the beloved. And he's making sure we understand it's the love, it's Lazarus, Jesus loves Lazarus, so everybody knows that. Lazarus' name, by the way, means um, God helps. God helps. Wouldn't you love to be the one that God helps, right? So she could have said that. The one that you help needs you. He's sick. When he heard this, verse 4, the sick, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. One of the many confusing things Jesus says in this chapter. No, it is not for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus, okay, John, we got it, loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. You got it? So... When he heard that, he went immediately to heal him because he loved him, right? It should say, now Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus, but when he heard, it's such an easy thing to preach, (laughs) but you know, it should say, but when he heard, he stayed where he was two days. It says, so he stayed two days. Because he loved him, he stayed? Is that how it works? Go back and read it, figure it out for yourselves. I'm going to give you some thoughts, and they're not going to be the greatest. I mean, well, they might be. They might be helpful. But we always assume that we know better in situations. Isn't it true? When we pray, you know, Jesus prayed whatever his father, he saw his father doing. We pray whatever we see our Father doing. We want our will, God. So we pray and we expect it to be done this way. Understand that Jesus, right, was orchestrating the salvation of all mankind when he did this. So when he heard he loved Jesus, so he stayed. Maybe he had a reason. He knew he needed to wait a couple of days because he's got his plans, But besides that, besides that, I think it was a teaching moment. Because he says, it's for your good, you guys, later on. He says, it's for your good, disciples, that I didn't come right away. 
I want to ask again, and I asked at the beginning, what is your uh, sick? Uh, what needs help? What are you saying, God, uh, the one you love needs help? What is it that you need? Maybe it's you. Maybe it's your brother, like Martha and Mary. Maybe it's your heart that needs help. Maybe your heart is like Lazarus. It's getting sick. It's dying. It's dead. Uh-oh. Maybe it's, your relig- maybe it's your relationship with Jesus is such religious that it's sick. And you say, Jesus, I need you to come right now. And Jesus says to you, and man, there's so many other op- po- possibilities of what's going on in the room. I just mentioned two. So what is yours? There's got to be something. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a bitterness. Maybe it's an unforgiveness. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your, yeah. And you say, I need help. And Jesus says, oh, I love you. I love you. There's no way I'm getting through this message today. So maybe it'll be a part two. I love you. So... I'm going to just stay absent for a bit. What? I feel like that sometimes. Like, God, you're absent in this situation. What are you doing? I thought you loved me. We often have expectations of God because we have faith. I explained that earlier. So we expect him to do it this way. I have faith. I'm a man of faith. Now, it is very important, don't get me wrong, I'm going to contradict myself in a minute, that we have faith like crazy to believe for everything. We need it. But our expectations of how it happens, that's up to God. That's up to the Holy Spirit. That's up to Him. He knows what He's doing on this earth. You don't. I don't. And I still don't understand why certain things happen. I don't understand. We went through with my Cynthia's dad, him dying, and it was like, why did that happen so quickly, so immediately, so tragically? He had a heart attack like 15 years ago. Right, right after, you know, just certain things. You all have those things. Just because we have faith doesn't mean God works how we expect. Let me read some stuff. If it was true, you'd have everything you want in life. If that was true, you'd have everything you want if you got to explain how it's done. You wouldn't have situations where God didn't seem to come through. I have situations where it seems that God didn't come through. And I'll never explain it till I get to heaven. They're questions. But it's, I like why, why I said earlier, it's mis- faith is mysterious patience. What are you doing, God? It's not always, oh, I'm walking in faith and victory. It's so wonderful. Sometimes it's just, okay, I trust you. Okay, I trust you. I'll get to the edge, and I'll trust you. That's why I think John wrote what he wrote, um, explaining. That's the one Jesus loved. You know, Mary and Martha, Jesus loved Lazarus. He loved. He wants to make sure everyone understands that. Now, Jesus Loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, so he stayed two more days. Don't mistake, I think John might be saying to us, don't mistake his absence for not loving. 
not loving us. These are things we don't like to talk about. Like those, these are the things that make us not believe when we're praying for someone else. But don't mistake his absence for not loving. He loves. He's doing something bigger here. I heard a preacher say once, and I wrote it down in my notes a long time ago. If you're looking for the love of God through your circumstances, you can tell me if this is bad, Thomas, if this is bad theology. But if you're looking, this isn't the Bible. I'm quoting a preacher. If you're looking for love of God through your circumstances of your life, you are looking for love in the wrong places. Think about it for a minute. Looking for love in your circumstances of your life, you're looking for love in the wrong places. Another uh, theologian, preacher, he's not really, but Stephen Furtick, he always says this. Don't put periods where God puts a parenthesis. And then the whole clap, the whole place cheers right now. Just kidding. Don't put periods where God has got a parenthesis or maybe a comma. I'll add it there. You, you think it's done, but God's, God's, God's still working. I don't care for this teaching at all. But God's always still working. You might doubt today something. And I want to tell you, this story of Lazarus has so much more going on here. It's reiterating. It's proclaiming. It's declaring. It's reminding. It's telling you to remember. Telling me to remember. I have come to give you life. Life. I am speaking life. I, I created life. I am life. It's saying it all through it in, in some, some confusing ways and some very real ways. You might doubt God's thinking about your grandkid or your son or your daughter or your neighbor or your sickness or your disappointment or your failed marriage or your addiction. You might doubt God. But we can't ever understand his ways. We can't discern his ways. He gives us glimpses, and it's great when he does, but we can't always understand his ways. Verse 7 through 13, to save time today, go and read it. Because as we're confused in life, the disciples were even more confused. And all through 7 through 13, he talks about trying to explain to them and trying to Talk to them in, in, in broad strokes, and they're like, what? Walking in darkness? Walking in light? I don't get what you're saying, God, Jesus. So he says, way down in verse 14. Okay, I'll tell you plainly, Lazarus is dead. We're not there yet. You do, we don't have the internet. We don't have FaceTime. We can't see him. But we're going there. He's dead already, guys, okay? He's not sleeping. He, he's dead. But it's good, because for your sake, I'm glad, because um, so that you may believe. So finally, his disciples understand, maybe Thomas, not this Thomas, he would never do this, but Thomas says, oh, good, I understand. Oh, well, then we're going to go with you, God, Jesus, and we'll even die with you. 
And Jesus has got to just sit down and go, oh, my goodness. Do you not understand what's going on here? You're not seeing between the lines? And he's like, no, I don't see between the lines. I don't know what you're doing. He thought, I thought this was like a moment of courage for Thomas. But really, it was a moment of fear. It was a moment of, of giving in to, um, to a lack of faith. That he thought, we're going there. We're going to go, Lazarus is dead, and when we get there, they're going to see us, the, and we're going to we're we're get killed because they're after us already. The, the government, they're after us, and they're going to find us in Bethany, and then we're going to be killed. And so I guess we're all dying with you, God. No. Jesus is like, you still don't understand. We act in discouragement. We do what Thomas did. We expect... We think after a while that God didn't do things a certain way. And we, do, we act in discouragement, and um, then we're not in faith anymore. And when a situation looks bleak or it looks like a situation is not going to work the way you want, don't just react so quickly that you say, oh, man, there's so much in this. But don't so act so quickly that you... Miss that God's up to something. On his arrival, verse 17, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Jesus knew this. Not surprised. Never a surprise to Jesus. Never a surprise to Jesus. What's going on in your life, okay? Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. He was two miles away. He couldn't have come. So he stayed where he was for two more days. What? It was two miles? And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary comforting them. Sorry, Jesus didn't come. He must not be who you thought he was. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. She didn't even wait till he got to her house. She met him at the gate of the city. Listen to me, Jesus. I don't know if she did that. I don't know if she was that disrespectful to God. But she probably was kind of doing this. Because it says that Mary didn't go with her. And he, she came out. Verse, uh, many Jews had come. Verse 20, when Mary heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. I don't know why it mentions that Mary stayed at home. But maybe she deals with suffering a different way than Martha. Martha deals with it by, I'm going. I'm march right. Don't get. I'm going to figure this out. Right? That's my mom. My dad would be more merry. Well, I'll sit back and I'll wait. Maybe he's telling us, John's telling us something here. Mary's reactive. Maybe you need to be more reflective. I don't know. That's just, that's just me, what I thought there. Because Mary's very reflective. She's like, oh, what happened? She's staying at home. Maybe she's praying. Verse 21, Lord, Martha said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Here's a good thing that she did, though. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. I still trust you. I still trust you no matter the circumstance. I know you love me. We should be more like Martha sometimes. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered. This part is the thing that speaks to me the most and may speak to you the least. I don't know. But Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I know that. This is a warning to us. I feel it's a warning to us. Watch the words you say in response to what God's saying to you. 
I haven't heard God. I don't know what he's saying. What you sense God saying to you, listen, watch how you respond. He says, your brother will rise again. I know. I know he will. I know. I go to church. Jesus, Jesus, we're going to all go to heaven. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. One day, like we tell people when they're their husband dies or someone you say oh he's in a better place like that's great you're gonna be with them soon like we say the dumb things you know it's the religious things we say and so martha assumes that jesus is being religious you'll see him someday too often we make generalities like this we we he asked us to pray his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven Here's where I switch gears and I say, we have faith, we have, we have to have um, mysterious faith, but we also have to have great faith. Because he said, my kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, and he's telling her something here. Your brother will rise again pretty quickly. Yet she chooses to hear it religiously. Reminder, this story is about life. Jesus created life. Jesus raises life. Jesus is the life. Look at this next scripture. Jesus said to her, can we sing that, say this together, everyone together? I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. I got you, Jesus, Martha's saying. More religious He'll die, I know he'll die eternal life someday. I want to ask you, are you the kind of person who prays for someone? Are we the, I'm not getting upset with them, I'm just being passionate. I'm going to relax while I'm sitting. Are we the kind of people who pray for people and this is the way we pray? Praying hands emoji. Gotcha. Are we the kind of people who pray, in Jesus' name be healed, right? Because I think Martha's the kind that says, oh, I'll send my prayers. Prayers. Prayers your way. I heard Tupac Shakur one time say, prayers your way. Prayers. We're sending prayers up. Sending prayers up to the big man. We, everyone sends prayers. When the guy in the NFL, he, he felt... Everyone's sending prayers. Are you, what kind of prayers are they? Are they commanding and declaring in faith kind of prayers? Because Martha thought Jesus was giving a little prayer, a Tupac prayer. <laughs> because we were talking, it was on my mind. He thought that. She thought that. But Mar Mar Jesus was serious. He was not being religious. When Jesus says, I am the life he is declaring eternity, not next year, not in a decade, but right now. It doesn't matter if you fully grasp, grasp that he's the resurrection and the life. He's not, uh, he didn't just resurrect, he is the resurrection. It's not religion. He says, I, it's relationship. When you get into relationship, when we get into relationship with Jesus, we are in res relationship with the resurrection. And we don't need to take it as a religion. We take it as 
relationship. She says, yes, Lord, she replied. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is to come into the world. We must come to this place. And would you come up and play and we'll close here. We must come to this place that Mary, Martha came to. She said, I believe you are the Son of God who has come into the world. She didn't see her answer yet. She first thought it was religion. I am the resurrection. Yeah, I know, one day. But then she realized Jesus is serious here. He's relationship. We must come to the place like her before we see Jesus do anything. Then we can understand who he is. Jesus God is the end all. He's the everything. He's the everlasting. He's life. He's everything we need. Before he does anything for you, we need to understand that. Amen? Not easy. Not easy, is it? There's a whole other section, but we're stopping there today. I don't want to ask you, are you um, one of three people here? Martha? We talked a lot about Martha today. Is that you? Are you more the Mary who sits back and tries to take it in? You're more the reflective. Martha's more the reactive. Or are you the Lazarus? He's the inactive. <laughs> He's dead. But even Lazarus, who is dead, heard his name. Well, I can't hear God. I can't hear him calling me. I don't know what he's saying. I don't know what he's doing. But in your situations, we all have them, right? Just be the, be the Lazarus. In, in death, he was dead for four days. Yet he still heard God call his name. My son and I, we, we, we listened to a song by Carmen called Lazarus, Come Forth. He loves it. It's from 1984 or something. And it says, up at the gravestone rolled away with a loud voice. Jesus started to say, Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth, right? And it goes into this real dramatic thing. And he says with them, come forth. And I would say to you today, Jesus will make sure you hear his voice. You don't have to be, what do I need to do? You don't have to be so depressed that you stay at home and sit and feel sorry for yourself like Mary. You just have to let yourself, if it's dead, you're dead, and let yourself hear God. Because he says to you, I am the resurrection and the life. Would you close your eyes with me today? I'm just setting this. Did you, uh, I, I heard once, and, I, and I'll never forget, my, I think it was my dad, he said, don't ever leave church without giving something up to Jesus. So would you take a moment and you give back your disappointment to him? Give back your sickness to him? Give back that relationship to him? Give back that prodigal son to him? We all got the things. Give back your depression. Give it back. And he says to you, I am the resurrection and the life. You, they will see new life. And it's not tomorrow, not the next day. Maybe it's 
immediately. God has the power to do that. Or maybe it's in two days. I don't know how long that two days is for you. You say, oh, you're giving all kinds of disclaimers today. Kind of in a way, but it's mysterious faith. We have to walk out. But at the same time, Jesus declares life. Would you be the kind of person, you give that up, go ahead. Give it up to him. Would you say this prayer? Well, I'll lead you in this prayer. Declarations are good. It says in the Bible that when we speak, we speak life. So let's speak life over this. So would you all say this with me? Because we all have something. Just say, in Jesus' name. Everybody, let's say it together. I heard it from the front here. But let's everyone. In Jesus' name, I speak life. I speak life to my situation because you are the resurrection. I give it to you right now. I take it off myself and I expect you to do it however you desire. It's off me. It's on you. Here's the other thing. We're all standing for this one. We sang a song today called Overcomer. We sang a song about speaking life and praises. We sang a song about the God of Jacob. We know Jesus Christ is the same yesterday as he is today and forever. You, my friends, I, my friends, am deputized that when we pray, we believe God does things. And we don't have to know when it's going to be, but let's expect it now. So when you go out of here with your hands, you're going to believe that what you pray for happens. Okay? I'm going to help you to do that. Lift your hands before you today. And you say this, I declare, even though I think otherwise, that you are the life and I can see miracles. I can see resurrection. I can see answers to my prayer through my requests. And you don't have to say this one out loud, but say, say in your heart, I don't want to be a prayer emoji person. I want to be a declaring and expecting and proclaiming person. Amen. If you've been impacted by this message, join those who so generously give so we can reach more people with the story of Jesus. Visit newsongcs.com slash give or text the word easy to 94000.